There's a season for everything, a season and a time for everything. And at this pool, there was a season that when the water was stirred, the first one to get in would be healed. And, and in lives, we also have seasons. We live by seasons. In fact, when June 1st came along, they had people that went to the store and began getting batteries and began getting water and began getting things for hurricane season because that is the season we in, and you never know when a hurricane's going to approach. Well, I believe in life. We have to position ourselves in God's timing and in line with God to receive what he has for us. And the enemy's just trying to get you out of position so you can miss your season. And, and this man here knew that the season was coming because all this man can do for, for, for as long as he was uh, ailed was look for 38 years, look at the pool, hoping if I can just get in it. If I could just scoot close enough to get my blessing. If I could just scoot close enough to get in there. And you know, they had five porches. And if you could picture it, there was a multitude of sick people. All kind of sick people in these five porches. And Bethsaida is called the house of mercy. And, and it's funny how we come into this house, which is the house of mercy. And we all gather around to look for mercy from God for what we've done or for who we are or for the sickness we carry around. This is called the house of mercy, the house of grace. And, and you know, we cannot miss our season. And, you know, in Galatians 6, let's just read that scripture. It, it says in Galatians 6, chapter 6 and verse 9, it says, And let us not, what it says, let us. You know what that means? That we're our body. We are the body of Christ. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. You know, sometimes you can get weary in well-doing. Sometimes you can, you can have the cares of life come at you. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in what? Do what? Season we shall reap if we don't lose heart, if we faint not in the King James it says. So I'm here to encourage you today, don't stop doing good. Don't stop doing what God's called you to do because there's a due season that's coming to you. There's a time where it may be bad, but it's going to shift for good. Why? Because God promised the season of good. God promised if you don't give up, if you don't lose hope, that he will send you a blessing. He will send you hope. For a hopeless situation. You know, can, can, I can't help but think about the, the, the house of mercy and grace. You know, we, we need to be that merciful one. You know, mercy is God not punishing us for the sins we deserve. But grace is God blessing us despite the fact that we don't deserve it. You know, and when you look at that man, the, the word impotent means he was powerless. So can you imagine being surrounded by so many people, but yet powerless? How many of you today, you're surrounded by a bunch of people? What a nice crowd. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. But can you imagine in this hall, this crowd right here of people, some of you feel powerless. Some of you feel alone. Some of you feel you don't know what your next move is going to be. And that's where this man was. And all he could do is look at the pool of water. All he could do is hope that he could get in it. And, but, but you know what? <clears throat> when I, <clears throat> being 
someone who knows a lot about water, the water had to be stirred for someone to get healed. And when water stagnant, it grows bacteria. When water stagnant, it becomes the breeding ground for powerless behavior in our lives. Because in, in John chapter 7 and verse 37, it says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood, cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So when you really think about it, every single one of you in here has a pool of water inside of you. How is that pool of water flowing? Is it flowing out with the love of Jesus or is it stagnant? Is there bacteria growing in your water? Or has your, 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 uh, your inlet and your outlet become clogged up to where you, you don't even have that flow of living water coming out of you. You know, a stagnant life becomes a breeding ground for powerless behavior. A stagnant life becomes a breeding ground for powerless behavior. But you know, this man for 38 years, that's 13,870 days, he watched other people be healed. He watched other people be blessed. And he sat there thinking, if I could only get what they got. How many of you in here look at other people in life and you say, you know, it seems like they're always being blessed. They're always the ones that got it going on. If I can just get what they got, if I can just be blessed like them, if I could only, if I could only. I'm here to let you know it's time that we begin to get up and look to Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. Because he's the one that can turn your situation around when everyone else has let you down, when everyone else seems to be being blessed and you're not, it's time we look to Jesus and not people. Because people will let you down. You know, and, and the, the very famous statement that he made when Jesus came to him, he says, I have no one. Do you know the hundreds of people in the five porches that were with him in the same situation, going through the same thing, and he looked and said, I have no one. Do you have someone in here today, or do you feel like him? I have no one. I have no one. Surrounded by so many people, yet has no one. Blaming other people for his condition and position. So many times we look and we blame others for the position and the condition we're in. But I want to let you know something. On the 13,871st day when he woke up, there was something different. There was something different that happened on that 13,871st day because he was looking to tradition to be healed. He was looking at the ritual, what would happen to be healed. But all of a sudden, something happened. Somebody walked up to him on his blind side. He had a breakthrough from his blind side. When he was looking here for his healing, Jesus came up to him on the blind side and brought him something that he never thought he would have had. 
He, he might have been last in line, but that day he became first in line. The last shall be first, and the first shall be last. I'm here to let you know, some of you have been faithful. Some of you have been faithful. I want to let you know, Jesus is going to come to you one day on the blind side and bring the miracle you've been looking for. He came on the blind side. Your breakthrough is on the blind side. Suddenly he came and he asked a question, which is a really weird question. What would you have me do for you? Do you want to be healed? But you know the man never answered him. He never said, you, you know I want to be healed. He did, the first thing he did is just start blaming others. The question was asked earlier, what do you want Jesus to do for you today? What do you want him to do for you today? Then the one thing he said to him was stand up. It don't matter what you're in right now. It don't matter what situation you're in right now. It don't matter where you are in life. But the first thing you got to do, no matter what, is stand up. If you're going to be healed today, you need to stand up. If you want to change, you got to stand up from where you are. Then he said, take up your bed. Think about this. Why does he have to take up his bed? He took up his bed. You know, the bed, the place where he, he, he had tears on it. When he couldn't go to the bathroom, they had a mess on there possibly. And for 38 years, that's what he laid on. Everything he had was in that bed. Everything he, all his failures, everything he had was in that bed. But he said, take up your bed. You know why he said that? Because at that point, the thing that held him, he was going to hold. You see, the, the, the thing that held him, he had no control over it because it held him. But God says, I want you to take up your bed now because the thing that used to hold you, you're now going to hold it. And you know, I don't care what your past is. You can't let go of your past, but your past don't have to hold you. You can take up your bed and say, my past has no more control over me. Because what used to hold me, don't hold me no more. Yeah, I remember it, but now i got control over my past. He took all his failures. Why, why, why? Because somebody knew he was crippled, and somebody knew of his past, but now he can walk along the side of the road and say, it don't hold me no more. Now I hold it. And you see, he no longer had to wait for the pool to be stirred because now the pool inside of him was stirred up. When Jesus touched him and came by, now what's inside of him has been stirred. He took up his bed and he says, walk. Some of you need to walk. Some of you need to pick up your past and begin to walk again. Some of you have been living in your past some of you have been drowning in your past. Some of you have been looking at everything that you've done and said, what could have been, what should have been. And God's saying, it's time to pick up your bed and to walk towards your future. You sometimes got to get away from the porches that has brought you down. Get away from the people who has brought you no life and walk to the living water. I'm telling you, we got to walk. 
Why? Because in this life you shall have trouble. But don't worry, I have overcome the world. And since I've overcome the world, the same spirit that raised me from the dead, I'm going to put in you and you're going to overcome the world also. You know, be, being a follower of Christ doesn't omit you from problems. It just gives you something to go with you through the problems. His spirit, who he is, his promise. <laughs> Your past never leaves you, but you don't have to hold on to it. It's time that you walk. It's time to change your location. It's time that you begin to be everything God called you to be. In order to do that, you need to get hold of your situation and not let your situation get a hold of you. And you know the Bible says Jesus knew him for a long time? I wonder, it says that the historians say that the pool started stirring after the birth of Jesus. And that's the path they used to walk to go to the Passover and all the feasts they used to have. I wonder maybe when it started stirring, I don't know, but maybe Jesus was a baby. Maybe he was a kid. Maybe he was a toddler. And maybe Joseph, Mary, and Jesus was walking by the pool. And one day he looked at all these people who were sick, and he just stuck his hand in the pool and done this. And then next thing you know, ever since then at the feast, it started stirring. And it never stops. I don't know how it started stirring. But I know one thing. Once Jesus touches it, it brings life to it. Whatever situation you're in, it may be stagnant. It may be bacteria growing all over. It may be a bad situation. One touch from Jesus and it can stir it up again. It can change what the situation is. One touch from Jesus. But then he had some issues after that. The Jews came to him because it was on the Sabbath. And they said, what are you doing carrying your bed on the Sabbath day? He said, well, the man told me to get up and walk. Can you imagine the religious leaders wasn't happy that he got healed? They were upset because now he's carrying his issues around with him. They were critical of him. And they're like, well, who, who told you to do that? He didn't even know. He says, I have no clue. It was just some man. But you know what's interesting later? Jesus found him in the temple. What, what was he doing in the temple? And Jesus went up to him and said, I'm the man that told you to get up and walk. I'm Jesus. But then he tells him something very interesting. He says, stop your sinning. Unless something worse happened to you. Think about it. Stop your sinning unless something worse happened to you. What can be worse than where he was in the five porches? Hell. Hell. See, life ain't a game. When you die, you either go to heaven or you go to hell. And if you're found with sin in your life, you're not going to make it into heaven. You see, the Bible says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. But if you in sin, you know what that does? It stops the flow. You know why the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea? The Jordan River runs into the Dead Sea, but everything in the Dead Sea dies because it has no outlet. Everything flows in and it just stops right there. And I feel so sad for people who call themselves Christians 
But all they do is receive, 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 but never give out what they received. If that's all you do, you will become stagnant and dead. Because this message and this word is not meant just for you to hold and just to receive with no outlet to give to someone else. It's time that we take the living water and just allow it to flow through us that wherever we go tomorrow, there's water flowing from us. Wherever we go tomorrow, someone who needs a drink can drink from the pool that God has stirred up once again and allowed to flow from us. Because there's people who are dying and need the message of Jesus Christ. They need this message that he is the only way to get to heaven. It's not Buddha. It's not Muhammad. It's not anybody else but the precious blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross for our sins. If it would be any other way, he would have never had to die on the cross for us. But he's the only way. But it's not just for you to get saved and then keep it to yourself. You got to allow that to flow. Let me ask you a question. What has stopped up your well? What, is, what, what in life has caused you to not allow him to flow through you? What has stopped up your well? Is the problems in life holding you Instead of you holding the problems? Is it controlling you instead of you being in control of the situation? Because I'm going to tell you something. Life's hard. Life is hard. It's not easy. And life happens to everyone. Even though I'm up here speaking and I'm doing the will of God and, and life happens to me also. We face things. We face death. We face sickness. We face all those things, but those things have no hold on us. Those things have no hold on me. Why? Because I know the promises of God are yes and amen, and what his word says is truth compared to facts going on in the world today. You say, well, what, what, well I prayed for someone, and, and they, they died. No, they didn't die. They just received their healing. <laughs> they just received their healing. You know, I'm a, I'm a, my son's not here, so I can talk about him. He come in the house the other day, and, and I'm almost done. And, and Liska, you can come up. And, and uh, you, you know, my son comes in the house the other day. He says, Dad, he says, I don't believe what you believe about the atonement and the healing. I said, well, son, what you, what you don't believe about the healing? He says, not everybody on earth is going to be healed. I said, I, I know that. I believe that. He says, well, well you, you believe that, that at the atonement, it was for your healing. I said, Yes. He says, well, what, what happens when you pray for someone and they die? I said, they just received their healing. Look, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I, I believe in healing on earth, and I've, I've seen people get healed that I prayed for, but, but everyone's going to go by the grave on this earth unless the rapture happens. But when you go by the grave, you just received it all. You just received everything God promised to you. But, but your body will get weak, your body will fail, and you will get sometimes sick. And there's something that's going to take you from this earth one day. But that doesn't mean God's word's not true. Because he's promised you eternal life for all those who believe and trust and put their faith in God. Think about this. The religious leaders who followed the law 
went to church every week, every week, and they followed the law, but yet they were wrong. There's many people today all over America who go to church and go to church and go to church, but that don't make them right with God. That don't mean they put their faith and trust in Jesus. That don't mean they're living a life that's pleasing to God. Because I know one thing, when God came into my life and he changed me from the inside out, I no longer drank like I used to drink. I no longer drank at all, in fact. I no longer talked like I used to talk. Why? Because he put something inside of me that changed me from the inside out. From the inside out. And today, if you say, you know what? I want to drink from that living water. I want to drink from that pool that's eternal. You know why we come here and gather together? It's so God can flow through us again. So we can flow through others. We come here to gain strength with each other. We come here to sharpen each other's swords. We come here so you can have a shoulder to cry on from everything life's done to you. And we can pray for you and say, your problems no longer have to hold you captive. You can now take charge of your problems. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'll never forget, me and my son was going pray for people door to door. And we knocked on this door, and this couple said, come in. It was a few months back, earlier in the year. And it was an 82-year-old man and an 80-year-old woman. Went to the Catholic church their whole life. Lived right by the cutoff Catholic church. And I asked the question to both of them. I said, if you was to die today, would you go to heaven? And the 80-year-old woman started weeping. And she says, I don't know. I don't know. She says, we've gone to church our whole lives. And then I asked the man, I said, would you go to heaven if you died today? I said, why would God let you into a heaven that he created and he said, well, I've been married to her for 52 years. That ought to count for something. I said, I said, yeah. I said, I wish that were true. It was funny. But he told me this. He says, I was a good person my whole life. And I said, sir, with all respect, I said, if, good, if your goodness could make it into heaven, Jesus would have never had to die for us. I said, I don't care how good we were in life. I said, the only way we can get to heaven is if we repent of our sins and put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That day, they said, we want to accept Jesus. And we prayed for them. And what I'm saying is, is that people out there don't know the message of Jesus Christ. And if you don't allow that water to flow from you, there's people who's going to miss heaven because we failed to do what Jesus called us to do, which is bring the living water to them. It don't mean that all their problems are going to go away. What it does mean, though, is that someone's going to walk through them in the fire.
someone's going to walk through them, with them, in the storm, and they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. With every head bowed today, if you're here today, and you say, what I have might be religion, I don't know, but I want to know for sure. I want to receive Jesus. I want you to lift your hand. If you want to receive Jesus, I see all them hands lifted. All them hands lifted, I see it. And I want you all to repeat this with me. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I repent of all my wrongdoings. And I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And I believe that three days you rose from the grave. And God, I pray that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave would come in me today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and you say, you know, I once used to have that river of living water flowing through me, but life has come and it's been hard and it's been stopped up. And you want that river to flow, the water's fine, jump in. Or if you've never had that river flow and you want to know what it feels like, these altars are open and the water's fine. Jump in. Jump in. I'll pray with you. It's open for you. Come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Pastor Scott, Pastor Island, just come anoint him and lay hands.